0: You're listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro
1: and Shayna Alverson, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance.
0: Welcome to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I am your co-host, Shayna Alverson, and I am joined by the loveliest, Alex Navarro.
1: Hello and good morning. Well, technically it's it just hit noon, so good afternoon.
0: Or good whenever whatever time it is you're listening to this. Maybe you're driving to work. Maybe you're driving home from work. Maybe ideally you're driving to the gym. <laughs>
1: if you have a really long drive to the gym because sometimes these episodes can a little bit longer
0: yeah that's true ideally your gym would not be you know 45 minutes to an hour away from (laughs) that's true
1: i actually do a lot of my listening to podcasts on my walks because well i work from home so my commute is you know to the living room (laughs) so not enough time (laughs) to listen to a podcast um and my ride to the gym is like 10 minutes um but i like to go on long walks it, that's what I my preference over doing cardio. Uh, so I find that that's the best time because it's I'm, I'm leisurely. I'm able to focus a little bit more on, you know, what I'm whatever, whatever I'm listening to. And it, it actually helps me walk longer versus, you know, if I, I'm more occupied, yeah, I'm more likely to continue walking. I'm like, Oh, I want to hear what happens at the end. So and then I'm less inclined to like finish it at home. When I'm just kind of like hanging around or doing things.
0: um, Oh, so you just keep walking so you can hear. Yeah. You get to hear what happens. Exactly. You want to know how the story ends. Exactly. (laughs) But that
1: also is a determining factor as to which podcast I listen to because if I only have like 45 minutes to walk, I can't walk longer. I just don't have the time to in that, you know, on that day, then I won't choose an hour-long podcast. Gotcha. So, that's why i do prefer the shorter ones and honestly we try to keep them around 45 minutes so i you know we actually love feedback from you guys so if you you know, ever have any questions or comments or any feedback at at all on the show we really appreciate it because again the show well we enjoy doing it
0: we do It,
1: it, it isn't for us it's for you guys so if there's something you want more of um less of anything comments feedback is always always welcome and appreciated
0: Yes, and if you're following either of us on Instagram, you can always leave feedback there. Um, the two of us are doing Instagram stories today. We're, <laughs> we're learning how to use this feature. And, today was my uh, first time. Alex is a first time I Instagram didn't. storyer.
1: Yep. I was very resistant Um, I've also been resistant of Snapchat, which then was like, that's pretty much what that is. Yeah. And I don't like it. (laughs) Um.
0: Well, I was glad when Instagram did it because I I was like, all right, I'm not going to get Snapchat. This is not going to happen.
1: It's too many things. Yeah.
0: I've already got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Someone was like, you need to get on Tumblr. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I need is nothing, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And between that and email and trying to maintain some sort of blog just oh my god it's a lot it's It's a lot it's a lot
1: but you know it actually kind of we talked about this a little bit when we were playing with the with the new features and and she was kind of showing me how to how to use it and it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today which is sort of trying new things Um, Whether it's something that you need to do because you want to start taking care of yourself, you want to change a habit that you have, uh, sort of the the mindset that is around making those changes or adjustments in your lifestyle that, you know, might either get you one step further, um, get you healthier, but I, you know, and sort of the the resistance um, and and excuses or stories that we tell ourselves as to why we can't or won't or don't do those things. Um, and I was making a lot of excuses as to why I didn't want to use Snapchat, didn't want to use Instagram <laughs> story, uh, because there's another thing to do. I don't know how to use it. I don't want to take the time to use it. And.
0: Uh, but then it's you a open little... you open Instagram and those little stories are the ones that pop up at the top and they're very noticeable. And if you're trying to be. Relevant on social media, which we are, you know, we want, we definitely want to engage the audience and we want you guys to know that we're available and we're accessible. So this is just kind of our way of, um, getting outside our own comfort zone and trying new things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, and if that- you see
0: the stories today, you will see how happy we look with our headphones on in front of the microphone because we really do enjoy doing this. So... <laughs> You
1: know, it's exciting. Um, but, but, you know, once I did it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was easier than I thought it was going to be. And now, I mean, again, we don't know who sees the stories. Yeah. If you watch them, if it's like exciting at all. But it's, <laughs> it's another way for us just to show, you know, what we do and hopefully inspire the, the smallest of changes or, or ideas that you can get to
0: you know one of my favorite movies of all time and i might be aging myself by saying this but is what about bob because have you seen that yes oh my first of all i think it is bill murray's most brilliant role (laughs) and also richard dreyfuss plays such an amazing like egotistical asshole in that movie but if you've ever seen it the Richard Dreyfuss plays like a psychiatrist and he's written this book that he's about to be interviewed. You know, the book like takes off and he's going to be interviewed by good morning America. And like Bob comes in and ruins everything. But um, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. But the book that he writes is called baby steps. And so mm-hmm. Bob ends up using the baby steps and he's like, you know, he tells him in the first interview, you know, instead of thinking of getting all the way home just think i have to get out of the room and then instead of you know having to get on the bus just i have to get on the elevator i have to go down the stairs you know so it's one step at a time and even though you know that was kind of the the premise of that fictional movie i still go back to like baby steps is actually kind of a really good concept for you know We were talking about perfectionism earlier and how paralyzing that can be, you know, instead of thinking I have to go in whole hog, I have to, you know, I have to just dive in head first. Well, maybe you can just dip your toe in, Mm -hmm. test it out. Exactly. See how it goes.
1: And you might like it. Or you might find it less scary or easier than you thought, or even you might find it to be awesome. And you're like, why didn't, why didn't I do this before?
0: It's yeah, easier and than I
1: thought. And once you get the, the you to know, get the baby toe in, then you got the whole foot and all right. of a sudden you're like under the water and you're like, Oh,
0: this is this is great. This is nowhere near as terrifying or awful or impossible as I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. It becomes, you know, those little those kind of baby steps become more manageable, you yep. know, or more chewable chunks, you know. Don't bite off more than you can chew to start off with. Set yourself up for success and just take a little step into it. And what you would Talking earlier about um, a w- the way that you got your family into doing the carb night thing. Yes,
1: yes. Um, baby steps are great. And, and part of what we're going to talk about today is just some of the most common uh, excuses or reasons or stories that we hear clients use or tell themselves as to why they're not taking the steps to achieve their goals, whether it's just you know improving their health um, you know trying to hit a big lift, trying to train for a competition, you know, just move well, feel good. If you're not already sort of in that space, it can be really scary and and not seem doable yep. to start. And then it's like, well, where do I start? And I was just mentioning earlier how for some people, you know, if they're they know they want to make a change because they're uncomfortable with whatever's going on in their life you know whether they're like unhappy with their weight they know they need to make a change they don't know where to start they're not ready to dive in head first so let's find a way to ease them in and this is what I did with my family because when I first started carb night again coming I've talked about this many times before coming from like the old school six meals a day very very clean mixed diet to carb night My family was like, what the heck are you doing? Chicken
0: breast and brown rice. Yeah. And and now I'm
1: like, make me bacon and let's have donuts tonight. And they're like, what are you talking about? Um, And it seemed a little, you know, too good to be true. And they were in the mindset at that point of I have to restrict a lot. I don't know if I can do that.
0: Yeah, Or it takes a ton of work or you know, planning, and then
1: I can't eat all these things that I want to eat. So what I did with two family members is I really eased them in. I started off by saying, okay, let's just eliminate carbs at breakfast. Let's choose a, you know, let's do some bacon and eggs or something like you want to have a breakfast sausage. Let's start with something like that. We did that for a week. Once they got that part down, then we pushed carbs a little bit later. I kept both breakfast and lunch low carb, and then you can have carbs at dinner time. So I kind of eased them into it and based off of their response, how well or easily or manageable they found that, once they got comfortable, they were like, okay, what's next? And that was actually fun because it got to the point where they were then asking me (laughs) what's next because they would get a groove and they would actually start to feel better. And they must have been seeing results too. Yes, so. Well, and then they, they found out how easy it was, yeah. and they still got to eat a lot of yummy foods and things that they actually before didn't think that they could, which was fun. So I tried to introduce ways of, uh, and, and here's another way of looking at it too. It's not what you can't have. It's like, look at what I can have.
0: Oh, I love to tell people all the time, like, I'm a I'm a fitness trainer, and I just told you to eat more food and eat bacon. Like, best trainer ever. Yep. Is the one that tells you to eat bacon. Like, yep. come on. It's the best tasting food in existence. It really is. I wrote a whole article about it a long time ago actually. Alex, when Alex got here today, I fed her bacon before we podcasted. It's it's true. It's a treat. We're both fueled up on coffee and bacon. <laughs> Except she now is drinking chia seeds and I am drinking golden milk which is turmeric tea
1: <laughs> it smells amazing the ginger in there is it's delicious it's quite delicious <laughs> it really is
0: so well another uh, a question that that brings up to me when you're talking about getting your introducing your family to carb night. um you know a lot of people are going to read that book and think i have to dive in with the um What what does it call it in the book? The readjustment. The
1: reorientation.
0: The reorientation. That's right. Mm -hmm. The reorientation. I have to do that, you know, this crazy hard thing for 10 days. And I think a lot of people would look look at that and kind of decide that if they couldn't do that first reorientation perfectly, they wouldn't want to start. So that can be a turn off from the get go. Yeah. So this is just an example of how this is another way to get into this type of eating without actually having to follow the process in some very strict step-by-step step or, you know, or by rote, you know, there's there's other ways to ease into it than mm-hmm. just jumping straight in. Right. I mean, if, you're the, if you're a dive in head first kind of person, that's great too, but a lot of people are really hesitant you know, to get out of their comfort zone. So. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And actually one thing, just because we're talking about doing the sort of reorientation phase and specifically uh, CBL is Dan actually, I'm sorry, Dan, excuse me. Sorry, Dane, Dane, Dane posted in the Facebook page about how a lot of people assume that carb backloading is a low carb diet. And it's not actually. We're low carb earlier in the day but then carbs are very much present in the evening times the frequency of the evenings varies from person to person and from goal to goal mm. but overall it's not a low carb diet we're having macro ranges that fit all categories it's more of macro timing that we're playing with which from if anybody who's, who's used the protocols or read the books understands what we're talking about um in and, and When we talk about low carb, we're low carb earlier in the day. And the only time that we're really like low, low carb is if someone's doing carb night. And at that point, then we are low carb for several days in a row. And then we'll have those large refeeds. But overall, CBL is not a low carb diet.
0: No, I I wouldn't think so. And I've also heard people use the term cyclic ketogenic Mm -hmm. to describe carb night. And I also wouldn't, I don't think it's that either. I think that's a misnomer. It's, if you're going in and out of ketosis like that frequently, there's no way that you, you would want to stick to this type of eating Mm -hmm. because it would be pretty miserable. Yeah. You know, you get a keto flu every week, which if you've ever experienced it's not a lot of fun. So, (laughs) (laughs) so you're really not bouncing in and out of ketosis. You know, those states are pretty, your, your body's going to be burning ketones at some point if you're low carb but the state that people are talking about when they talk about ketosis is not necessarily what we're bouncing in and out of so
1: agreed and we've talked about that on other shows before sort of the the difference of being in ketosis versus being in a ketogenic state so we're not going to get into that right now because that's a slightly different topic but we have talked about that before just sort of distinguishing between the two because I have a lot of clients who, who, when they, when those, for those who want to jump in head first, uh, this is something that I hear a lot is, oh, I, I have the keto sticks. I got the keto sticks. What do I do? And I'm like, don't, you don't need to use them. <laughs> They're irrelevant. That. It's not about that. It's about controlling blood sugar levels throughout the day and then spiking them when it makes sense to based off of the individual's goals and needs. So if you do have the keto sticks, I mean, if you want to pee on them, go for it. Um, but don't don't that let that be your marker, yeah, as to whether you're making progress or if you're in the right position or not, because that's
0: yeah. I feel like the information like that you could get from keto sticks isn't always a hundred percent the information that you need, and it depends a lot on the timing of when you're using them and right what what you're doing in your life at that time. So right, and kind of what we're
1: ca- going to talk about today is specifically. Like like we talked about just at the beginning, the baby steps, the easy things we could do uh, to sort of.
0: Well, and also the the excuses that we make, uh, especially as you know Alex and I are fitness and nutrition coaches, and the things that people tell us that are also the stories that they tell themselves. That in in your mind it might feel like a really valid excuse or reason why not to do something, and you know as coaches one of our best tools is can we get people focused on how can I make this work instead of focusing on the reasons why they think they can't? Because a lot of times those excuses are just that. They're excuses. They're these stories that we've been telling ourselves when really it's about, you know, I need to sit down and figure out how I can make this work. Mm -hmm. So...
1: And if we ease into it, and, and that's part of what our job is to help brainstorm ideas as to, you know, what is your lifestyle? What can you find manageable at this point? What can we ease you into to start? You establish a groove, you get comfortable with that, and then we're ready to take it a step further. Um, you know, unless you're like a seasoned athlete and you're used to jumping in head first, going gung-ho, doing everything and anything that someone tells you to do to get to your goals – You know, 90% of the people that we work with aren't like that. They just want to lose some weight. They want to feel good. They want to feel in control of their life. And, but that does take an amount of mindset shift, being open to the idea, and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, even if it's just for a little while.
0: Yeah, whenever we have nutrition challenges at the gym... You know, people are always like, well, this is too hard and I can't do it. And I'm like, there's kind of a reason we call it a challenge <laughs> because yeah, it it's intense. It's challenging, but it's kind of only challenging temporarily until it becomes your new routine. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, why wasn't I doing this all along? It's way easier. I can fit it in. You know, you will figure out the the tricks and the tips and things that are going to help it fit into your life. However, you have to do that. So just, you know, telling yourself it's challenging. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's called a challenge.
1: And it's good to be challenged. We learn, we grow from that. Uh, we learn things about ourselves. And I think that's probably my favorite part about like really working one-on-one with a client is, helping them realize those things in themselves. Like I'm not there to tell them, I'm there to guide them just to kind of like hold their hand along the way. And as they pick up on things, then I just help reinforce the fact that they're on the right track, but having, watching those aha moments in clients is so fun and fulfilling. Like, I don't care if they lose weight, really at the end of the day, I don't care. Either. I want to help you feel good and feel confident and in control of your life. Whatever You're a change enabler, that,
0: yeah, yeah. You want to empower them to feel like they can really make a change. Yep, yep. And honestly, my
1: favorite scenario is for me to work with a client for a very short period of time, give them all the tools I can, and then send them on their way. Fly, little like,
0: bird, go,
1: do it. <laughs> because if I if I'm, you know, and, and there are situations where I do you know, I'm there for a very long time, sort of as the, for, for several clients, at this point, I'm more of their soundboard than I am their nutrition coach. You know, I gave them all that nutrition information at the beginning, gave them the tools, we eased into it, we tried different things uh, that made sense with their lifestyle and their goals. Um, I'm also the voice of reason in a lot of <laughs> situations, Absolutely. um, for, especially for those like type a, you know, perfectionist types where it's like, you know, let's just relax a little bit. It's okay. Um, but, and I just, I totally lost my train of thought. I had a, I had a really good point that I was going to make with that.
0: <laughs> That's okay. Well, you were talking about, uh, empowering them to make change for themselves and then that was really rewarding for you. Yes.
1: And, and while I can send them on their way and they are comfortable, you know, flying around on their own at that point, uh, it is always nice to have that person that you can have that little check in with more just for accountability or reassurance that, yes, I am on the right track. No, I'm not overdoing it, those sort of things. So that was that was the point. Like, while I might start off as their nutrition coach, I, I then might turn into something different. And at that point, I want to be the tool for them that they can use However, they need to at any given time.
0: Well, I think at the end of the day, we want, we genuinely want people to be educated and understand why they're eating the way that they're eating. Because I, for me, uh, you know, eating this way isn't just for leanness or for performance, it's for health. And I want all the people in my life to be healthy. And mm-hmm. the more people I empower, and, you know, the more people around me who are educated about what is healthy, how can I eat? That's going to keep me not just looking good and performing well, but also from getting sick or healing myself from some type of sicknesses, you know, that message is going to start to spread. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what I'm after is can, can we help pull this country out of its (laughs) diabetic epidemic? That is just, (laughs)
1: it's, one person at a time
0: yeah exactly it's like a it's like a plague at at this point so Mm -hmm. not just empowering people but also educating them so they can kind of spread the word and share the message because it's
1: at the end of the day it's it's far easier than being sick or dealing with all the things yeah that come along with that well Um, that's
0: good that you say that because one of our excuses on the list is it's too expensive
1: Mm-hmm. We do hear that a lot. It's too expensive to eat. Eat healthy. Right. Well, especially if people think about, you know, especially the low carb days, like it's a lot of, it's a lot of protein and, and obviously we're, we're um, you know, encouraging high quality protein, which usually does mean it's more expensive. Um, so while you can sort of think of it as an initial investment, that the return on is huge because now in, in making that initial investment now in your health, in what you eat daily, you're not spending as much in healthcare, in medication, in doctor's visits, in not being able to work because you're sick. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge one. I, I, I worked with uh, a couple, two women actually last year who were, had gotten to the point where they were so uncomfortable and with themselves. um, And that showed up in a lot of different ways. One of them was just sick a lot had a lot of reoccurring illnesses that come kept coming up and she missed so much work that she lost her job wow and and then at that point it kind of spiraled out of control because it's like she's depressed and and continued to eat badly would
0: make you antisocial, I would think <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it did she yeah. didn't want to go out because she was uncomfortable um, she didn't want to go to the gym because she was uncomfortable with how she looked and it was for her it took her because at that point, she had been so comfortable doing what she was doing. She was comfortable being with her uncomfortable self. Mm. But it got to the point where making the change to take care of herself was at that point easier than what she was living with. Mm. And for a lot of people, that's what it takes. I, I wish for, mo- for all those people that it doesn't get to that point because we're at that point, we're in a really deep hole uh, that can take a long time to get out of. But for most people who need to make changes like that, they won't make the change until the change itself is easier than what they're dealing with.
0: Yeah. Or it's just that it's unfamiliar. You know, the like, even though they're uncomfortable and they're unhappy with how they feel and what they look like, because it's familiar, they'll mm-hmm. just stay with it. Yep. In the unfamiliarity of the new behavior, the new way of eating, the new you're the changes your body is going to go through, the different way people are going to look at you, you know, all of those things, because they're unfamiliar, I think people a lot of times will, you know, hesitate just because change is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mentioned this to you uh, a while back, not maybe not too long ago, but of a slight tangent, but not really. I have a point. <laughs> I, I attended the Landmark Forum when I was in my very, very early 20s, um, which was an interesting experience. But one of the things that actually stuck out a lot from it was there was an analogy of of sort of making change and, and stepping out of our comfort zone. And the analogy was that we, we build these uh, cages around ourselves that we live in. And we are the ones that build them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have every means to break out of them and even if someone were to come off and break the lock off our cage it's up to us to get out of it and our cage can be i mean if you've been in it long enough you can make it a home you can get very comfortable in your cage even though you know it's a cage
0: <laughs> well it's cozy and safe in there
1: right it's familiar <laughs> you don't know what's out there yeah um but it's really it's it's up to you at that point too take that first step out to kind of peek outside the door see what's out there you know take those baby steps
0: well and as someone who has just left everything that was familiar to me (laughs) I just moved across the country from Georgia to California I left my home I left my family I left you know everything and that was terrifying Um, But deep down, there was some part of me that knew if I didn't challenge myself and kind of move out of that familiar, comfortable space that I wasn't going to grow anymore as a person. And that that challenge is exactly what I needed. And even though it was the hardest thing I ever did, um, it had to happen Mm -hmm. so that I could become the next version of me, you know, the next better version, the The 2.0 or whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a great opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what you don't know until you start to learn new things. Right. And in sort of this realization of, oh, this wasn't so bad. Or I've noticed something about myself that I wouldn't have noticed otherwise because I didn't put myself in this situation. Um, And just in saying that, like that's actually a huge component of what I include when I work with competition clients like bikini figure fitness girls is it's not just like let's get to the stage it's and it's not just what do I eat and what do I do at the gym it's what am I learning about myself through this process how do I deal with barriers and obstacles when they come up and those are the lessons like at the end of the day when the clients get off the stage they have those tools
0: I found like as a competitive athlete the physical part was like the least challenging Mm -hmm. the working out and the lifting of the weights and all of the conditioning and the sweating. And that was the easy part. It is really the hard part. And the, the part where I grew the most was psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things that, you know, competing on that level brings to you that you, you wouldn't come across. Mm-hmm. Without putting that challenge before you,
1: it's true. It gives you, it definitely gives you a, a level of, of empowerment mm. and insight as to, okay, if I if I was able to overcome this, what other areas of my life can I do that in? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of a good example too. I worked with a woman a long time ago. Gosh, when I was like just first personal training, when I had no idea what I was doing. Or how to talk to people. And I was like really young. And I was working with a lot of older women who, you know, I'm trying to give them like life advice. And I haven't really lived that long. Um, (laughs) Interesting scenario. (laughs) You have to have a lot
0: of confidence to be able to do that.
1: I I basically just, which is what I do now actually, which has served me well. I ask a lot of questions. I don't talk a lot. I ask a lot of questions of, of the person to help them figure out what's going on in their head because they don't know the questions to ask themselves, or they don't want to. So having somebody else do that, but in doing that, I worked with a woman who initially came to me because she just, she she was really stressed out, and she want, she thought exercise was going to be a really good stress relief for her. But in that time, we learned that she wasn't sleeping well. She was overworked at her job, and about three months into it, she decides to tell me that, oh, I'm actually an alcoholic as well oh which had been hidden from me and well, she and it turns out she had been like coming drunk the entire time she was just had been an alcoholic for so long that that's she
0: was a ho- high functioning yeah
1: that's just how she was wow um and it got to the point where we got we opened up so much of sort of the dysfunction in her life that she cleaned herself up <laughs> she found a new job she like completely changed the way that she lived but it took like kind of prodding her in those uncomfortable places for her to be like, "Oh, this is actually the problem."
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's what the first step is actually in in <laughs> AA is it's about you you go and you just admit that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's about awareness. Because if you've got these issues and you're constantly you know, your conscious mind is like, I'm not ready to deal with this issue. So I'm just going to suppress it and pretend like it's not there. And so I'm kind of just sleepwalking through my life and functioning. You know, what What you are doing is actually bringing it to her awareness mm-hmm. that this is an issue. And it sounds like you made it less scary for her to start to consciously deal with it. But once she could, mm-hmm. she was
1: able to move forward. Yep. I remember actually that day that she came in and and she just looked completely different. It was actually the last day I saw her because she ended up moving away. <laughs> uh. But just the like the light that she had was I had never seen it before. And she was just like she had this like moment of clarity of like, oh, oh my gosh, this is what I need to do. This is what's been happening. This is the, the, the cage that I've kept myself in for so long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you helped me break the lock off and encouraged me to like peek out and see what was out there and realize that that's not where she wanted to live, which was very cool. That's awesome. It was probably one of my best, like, younger, my younger days, personal training experiences. I was like, yes, I made a difference in somebody's <laughs> life. And it was a big one. Like, holy shit.
0: It can be really fulfilling and rewarding to, and, like, I I say this all the time. Like, I'm I'm not the person doing the changing. You know, I'm, I feel like more of the tour guide. Like, mm-hmm. this is your jungle tour, right? There's a path, and I'm going to give you a tour that is on the path, and you can stay on the path. Mm-hmm. You can also choose to not follow me, and go off into the brambles, into the sticky bushes, <laughs> and get all tangled up, and have to pick the thorns out before you find the path again. So, it's a you a, you can walk any path that you want to. It's your choice. I'm just your tour guide. Yep. So, and if you do you're go, you're walk- the one taking the steps. You're the mm-hmm. one traveling. You're the one completing the mission or whatever. Else. Not and if you good. do stray <laughs> off
1: the path, which is fine, because hopefully you learn something along the way. Totally. The, you, you can find the path again.
0: Well, actually, it's kind of important to give yourself the freedom to go off of the path. Yep.
1: You figure so. out how important the path is. Because or not. if you're
0: too afraid to make mistakes, mm-hmm. you'll just you'll not start walking ever and you won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. You gotta let yourself fuck up.
1: Which it is that the best lessons are when things don't go as planned. Yep. And you're like, oh, I could have done that different. Or be pleasantly surprised at how well it worked for you. Which I think that that's actually a technique I use for some of my um, perfectionist clients who are meticulous about tracking everything and they stress out about it. And then feeling like they need to, you know, give them a plan to go into the gym and then they feel obligated. They put this pressure on themselves that they need to do every component of the plan perfect every day and some days we're just not up for it and it's okay to not do that
0: yeah it's okay
1: totally fine
0: um can i just can i just make a confession right now yeah at like midnight last night when i should have been sleeping (laughs) i was actually on my phone kind of a little bit maybe probably probably scrolling through instagram if i'm being honest I got out of bed and I have a snack drawer.
1: I think we all have snack drawers. And I
0: I got a power crunch bar and I brought it back to my bed and I ate it in bed. (laughs) And it was delicious. It was so delicious. I got back out of bed. (laughs) I got a second power crunch bar. Brought it back to bed and ate it and then went to sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know. Uh, this is not a this is not nutrition advice I'm giving to anyone. I'm not saying what you should do is get out of bed and eat two power crunch bars at midnight, but sometimes you have to give yourself the space to fuck up. And so, this is me giving you permission to not be perfect all the time cuz sometimes it's just you just need that. You just need one person to say, you don't have to be perfect. It's okay to make a mistake.
1: And maybe it's really not a mistake in like the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? True. Like if that's what you wanted or you needed. Mm. Um,
0: I felt hungry. See?
1: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't derailed you or thrown anything off. Mm. Um, I I actually was in a similar situation, but I was out last week and was invited to go to sushi. And um, while I can easily do sushi low carb, no problem at all. It's a little bit more expensive, but. I need a lot of fish then <laughs> um, <laughs> I sort of negotiated with myself as to you know I didn't work out that day so it wasn't like I could qualify it as like a backload. a backload. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like okay I'll just I'll just be low carb totally fine but then they brought out some sake oh lord and I really like sake <laughs> but it's basically carbs yeah. really at the end of the day I mean it's rice yeah and, and and I've actually experimented with enough to know that I it does give me an insulin spike. Um, but I had it anyways. I had a great time. And I enjoyed my food and the sake. And the next day I picked up as if nothing happened at all. I that's... didn't try to fix anything. I didn't go to the gym because I didn't have time to. Yeah. Um. And I'm fine.
0: Yeah. And that's my plan today. I'm just back on track. Going to go to the gym later today. Got lots of lifting to do. Maybe I'll do an extra rep for those two power crunch bars. But... <laughs> really just it is what it is and I think that is that's the biggest lesson is when you're just just keep trying to get back to the path you know keep trying to get back to if you stray a little bit and you get into the sticker bushes just find the path again get back on it Mm -hmm. and that's how to that's how to make real progress I think it's the people who have one little mess up and then they're like i can't do this and they just give up and stop doing it all together just pick right back up where you left off yep
1: i mean that kind of can go into what we're going to talk about next is uh you know a lot a big excuse that we hear a lot is that people don't have time whether it's time to go to the gym time to plan out their food time to meal prep whatever that might look like to just just in planning um organizing time management And how it doesn't have to be this, like, all-consuming task to plan things out. I mean, we plan a lot of things out already. Like, you know when you have to go to work. Yeah. You know when you're going to get off. You know, obviously there's going to be unexpected things that come up. Like, you know, you might have your path that you're on that you set perfectly, which some of our type A clients do meticulous about every little minute of the day um, but kind of being comfortable with having those those moments where it, things don't work out and having that flexibility in making those adjustments when you need to and while planning and being organized can be like so well actually liberating it really liberating when you just it's easy at that point and having consistency in your schedule I think does make things easier um, but also being realistic about things when you do plan it out um while it's easy to be like super over ambitious about oh i'm going to be perfect on this day i'm hitting the gym these 5 days in the week um this is what i'm going to do with the gym but but being able to on any given day where you were supposed to go to the gym and you don't feel like it or you're tired or you didn't sleep all the na- the, the night before and having being comfortable being uh, making those adjustments yeah. from day to well,
0: day well interestingly to me and this is counterintuitive but a lot of times, planning is the thing that gives you more flexibility.
1: It's true. You actually see how many hours in the day you have.
0: It's yeah. That's <laughs> and like, okay, let's be honest. The the most common excuse people give for not, you know, adopting a healthier lifestyle, whether that's eating right, exercising, whatever, is, I don't have time. I'm too busy. Well, everybody is too busy. Mm-hmm. Everybody is short on time. Like that there are plenty of people who have a career, they have kids, sometimes they have two jobs. Sometimes I have one uh guy that I've worked with that he's a new dad. He is a nurse. So he does that full time and then he's also in school to be like a um physician's uh, what is it a physician's assistant? Mm-hmm. What what the the ones that can like write prescriptions, but They're not doctors.
1: An RN? No, that's a nurse. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he's already an RN. He's getting the next one up. A nurse practitioner. That's what it's called. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. That was like pulling teeth to get that one (laughs) term out there. But, you know, new baby, a job and in school, and he still finds time to exercise and eat right. And technically, he has a second job because he also does, um, coaches some of the classes at the gym. So you know, that he's like the perfect example of someone who can just make it work. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's the biggest lesson there. Like, yeah, you're busy, you know, you're short on time, but how much of a priority is it for you to fit fitness and healthy eating into your life? Because if it's important to you, you're going to make time for it. Mm -hmm. You're going to find the time. You're going to rearrange things so that you make sure you get it in. And I think, you know, putting yourself first is a big part of that, too. You know, making sure you take care of yourself. Because a lot of times we just don't want to say no Mm -hmm. to all the people who, particularly women, you know, we get asked to do a lot of things that (laughs) maybe shouldn't be our job. But a lot of us don't want to say no. It's true. You know, Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, I'm sorry, I don't have time. I wish I could help you. But no, you know. We kind of begrudgingly do it. And mm-hmm. then that's when our health and fitness starts to take a hit because we're putting other people ahead of ourselves.
1: Which kind of can tie into one of the other topics. Well, I don't want to, it's hard to say this one's an excuse. I guess it is an excuse. Um, but when people have kids, parents. Oh,
0: well, I think it's totally an excuse. Now, I say this is someone with no children. But I am constantly hearing, you know, it's impossible for me to stay on a healthy eating plan because I always have these unhealthy snacks around for my kids. Mm-hmm. Big sigh. Um, first of all, who buys the groceries? Why are you feeding your kids unhealthy snacks? Uh, Mm -hmm. This is sensitive because people don't want to be told how to raise their kids and they're like, because I don't have kids, they look at me and they're like, well, you don't understand. You don't know how hard it is. And, you know, when your kid doesn't eat, it's really, you know, you'll just give them anything that they can choke down, which, you know, I remember being a kid and I was, I I don't have kids but I was a kid. Right. And my I I wasn't a good eater at first. I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat and sometimes that wasn't at dinner time. And so my parents resorted to using guilt trips to make me eat when I didn't want to. And I you know, I was naturally I think a pleaser type of child. Mm-hmm. So when I figured out that eating food made them so happy with me you know I just wanted their approval Mm -hmm. so I stopped listening to my biological um signs you know that were telling me when I was hungry or when I was full or when I needed to eat or when I shouldn't eat and because I started eating to make them happy and so then as an adult or I actually when I was kind of like Early teens, maybe 12, um, they sat me down and they're like, Hey, you're fat. And in hindsight, you know, at the time, I was just like, All right, I'm going to try to make them happy. And so I started working out and I went on a diet. But maybe I was fat because <laughs> I didn't know how to listen to my body right. anymore. Right, right, right. You know, so mm-hmm. it, in a way, it was kind of their fault that I was fat. <laughs> it wasn't because I was the one eating the food, but. I had done it because they were so adamant that I right. needed to eat, but like, and I used to be a vet tech, like a veterinary technician. So <laughs> like when a dog doesn't eat the dog food that you buy for it, the dog is not going to starve.
1: It's true.
0: It. If it's not eating the food, it doesn't need the food. And when it gets hungry enough, whether or not it likes that dog food brand or not, it's going to eat the food. It's true. And probably, because like 90% are, probably your animal is too fat anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you leave them be, I mean, beings are wired for survival. They are going to eat when they need the food.
1: Well, and that's very much how I grew up. Like, I think I've mentioned this before. My mom's the health nut growing up, like, really annoyingly. So. I saw
0: the picture of you on Facebook eating with my green, green beans. With my green beans. Mm-hmm. This is
1: how I grew up. Like, we didn't have snacky foods in the house. If we had snacky foods, it was carrots, like baby carrots, mm-hmm. green beans, cherry tomatoes. We had the garden in the yard. I mean, if she did get, like, snacky foods, it was, like, Triscuits, which as a kid are, like, not fun snacks at all or like the fruit leathers not fruit roll-ups fruit leathers because I was like all the kids at school have fruit roll-ups she's like oh I'll get you fruit roll-ups I'm like that's not a fruit roll-up that's a fruit leather which like does not taste good at all so she would buy these (laughs) snacks I'm doing air quotes here these snacks that like I didn't want to eat because they were like really healthy and I wanted like snacky food but that was the deal it was like well this is what we have so you can eat it or not
0: yeah that was the end of the
1: story. And, and when oh I God. really wanted a snacky food, I'd eat it. And you're still alive. And I'm, st- yeah. And you're healthy. Yep. Actually, really good story. Really fast. I have a thing for cereal. Like, a weird, obsess- obsessive, compulsive sort of oh thing. Oh my God, with, like, I haven't had
0: cereal in so with, long. It's a great
1: CBL food, just an FYI. I had we'll it, talk I had later. It, I had it earlier. We'll like, talk earlier talk. in the week. It's delicious. Lucky Tonight's ch- my all night. Lucky <laughs> Well, I really wanted cereal because all the kids at school talked about having cereal. My mom would just like make, I would just eat hard boiled eggs and like string cheese because it was easy. This a snack. This is my like breakfast. But I also wasn't a big eater in the morning either. Yeah. Um, But I really wanted cereal. And so she went and got like the healthiest cereal possible. Was which it is, grape like, nuts? Grape nut flakes.
0: Oh, even worse. Even worse. Like not. No kid likes grape nuts.
1: No, then I was like, I never want cereal again. <laughs> Unless <laughs> you put a bunch is, of sugar on this it. This is what you're giving me?
0: You're like, why <laughs> Why but do I, people love cereal so much? This is nasty. <laughs> well, I got
1: I got so excited when she got the cereal. So I poured this like big bowl and she's like, you better eat the whole thing. And I was like, I will. And then she said, okay, because you're not leaving the table until you eat the whole thing. Oh, God. And I literally sat there for like four hours oh, trying to God. eat it because it's just mush oh, at ilk. that point. it was mush. And I was like, I'm okay. I don't think I need cereal anymore after that.
0: Oh, my God. So you're like the opposite of because when I was a kid... It was Apple Jacks, and it, we would eat them straight out of the box. Apple Jacks, Cookie Crunch, which are like tiny little chocolate chip cookies and milk.
1: They might as well have just given you candy bar.
0: Golden Grahams, <laughs> Honeycomb. Come on, y'all remember these cereals. I know you do. No, I dreamed about them.
1: Fruit Loops. I, I looked at them from afar. I didn't Fruit Loops as
0: much. Yeah. Frosted Flakes. My dad is a huge um, Frosted Mini Wheats. He loves those. Oh, that's funny. Which, as a kid, eh, not so yeah, much.
1: Yeah, it seemed kind of healthy.
0: Yeah. But that's i mean that was the rule though it's like this is what
1: i'm making this is what we have in the house you eat it or you don't Mm -hmm. and that was the end of the story and i got really good at sort of you know playing with different the available snack options but like you said earlier like i I posted a video the other day of me eating a raw green bean because that became like i i adapt adopted like this love for healthy food that makes me feel really good
0: well and that's one of the great things about being a human is how adaptable humans are so when you when you are changing the way that you eat at first it feels foreign and you're like i don't like this it's uncomfortable it's different you know it's not familiar but if you just stick with it for a little while it becomes kind of your way and Mm -hmm. you'll adapt to it and it becomes your new familiar way Mm -hmm. and it's actually not that hard to change your adaptations it's just a little bit of a process
1: yeah just taking those first few steps easing into it and then again kind of going back to like being a parent and wanting to make those changes for yourself and you know if if you are coming from having like you know not eating that way before and your family isn't either either making that shift for them can probably be m- more of a challenge than making it for yourself like Absolutely. you might want to but as you try to like slowly introduce some of these healthier foods into the rest of your family um, you know I'm sure there will be resistance to some extent um, but kind of going back to like the easing into it it doesn't have to be like oh today we're going to be healthy and like you throw right. out all this stuff in the house you know we kind <laughs> of ease into it but you're also leading by example you could make you know, throw out little comments about why these foods are going to be good for us, why we're eating them, why we're maybe avoiding some of the things that we were eating before. Um, You know, and and depending on how old your kids are, you don't have to give these huge explanations. You're just leading by example as to why you're doing it and the benefits of it.
0: And that's actually really powerful because I remember my mom working out when I was a kid. And so I always just thought exercise was like a normal part of life because I remember being five years old and sitting in the corner of the aerobics room while she's, you know, sweating to Jane Fonda in a leotard and tights, Mm -hmm. which, you know, there's no more leotards in, (laughs) in the gym these days. I mean, not not usually, but you know, that imprinted on me Mm -hmm. and it's, She wasn't doing it to try to imprint on me. She was just... Just living her life. That's right. She was doing Mm -hmm. her normal thing, but it did. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times parents will bring their kids to me and say, well, I, you know, he's fat and he won't lose weight and I can't get him to do anything but play video games and eat Cheetos. And I'm like, my first question is always, do you work out? Do you exercise? What's your, what's your nutrition like? Mm -hmm. And the answer is always, oh, I don't have time, (laughs) you know, which brings us full circle back around to that excuse. Like, Mm -hmm. but that's, it, it's always telling because if it's something you're trying to force them to do, it's usually a lot less effective than if you just change your way, Mm do, you know, and at the end of the day, if you're talking about kids, you're the one that buys the groceries. And your kid's not going to starve if it doesn't eat 100-cal pack of goldfish. Yep. Pretty sure. hmm It's true. I really hope I'm not making people angry by saying these things. but <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, one one thing I, I mentioned earlier, we were kind of brainstorming about what, you know, the different things we wanted to talk about today. And I had actually my, my previous education was childhood education. I wanted to be an elementary teacher. So I, I took a lot of courses around childhood development. Um, but one little area was talking about um, nutrition and, and the food that they serve in schools, blah, blah, blah. But there was an interesting study that they did on the cost of food because parents were using, you know, uh, fast food, the, the, the cheapness of fast food as an excuse as to why they were feeding it to their kids. And one of the interesting things that they found is that because of the fast food, the the lack of nutrients, the lack of nutrient density that was in that food, the satiety level of the kids was minimal. So while they're saving money on that initial, you know, Mc, Mc, kids meal,
0: which, McMuffin or
1: whatever, whatever it is,
0: is it breakfast? They were feeding them fast food for breakfast. Or? Yes. Okay
1: those kids ended up eating more later in the day because they, they never reached that satiety level. The signal in their brain of that they were full and satisfied was never reached. So while the parents initially thought that they were saving my, money by buying this cheap meal, they actually spent more throughout the day because they never reached that level. Mm. And also, I mean, at that point, I'm assuming that the, the calorie load was substantial because of that as well. Yeah. But so in the grand scheme, they were actually spending more money in the long run. Than what they would have, than they, what they thought they were doing by buying the fast food. So
0: it's calorie dense food, but it wasn't nutrient dense and therefore not as satisfying.
1: Correct. Mm. It's very interesting. So kind of two, two birds with one stone, the money thing. And then well, there's a little bit of time in there also. But um, we actually had a really good podcast with a uh, previous IO coach, Chelsea, um, that we might be able to put a link in because she's sort of like a, I think of her as a power mom. and uh, she gives some great tips on how she manages everything that she does and and meal preps for herself and her husband and her kids and sort of how she deals with that obstacle around food, um, how she talks about food with her kids, which I think was very valuable. So if anybody wants to tune into that one for some more tips, it was a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Definitely.
0: Well, do we have any more excuses we want to go over? We had some funny ones. Um, One of them. One of my favorites was uh, I can't do, I can't do low carb eating because I'm Asian and I have to eat rice, so I thought that was, <laughs> that was amusing. Well, you can still eat rice, you just want to eat it at the right times. Right, right, <laughs> exactly.
1: You can eat anything you want really on these plans. It's more about when you eat them and and being strategic so that it it works to your
0: advantage. Well, and actually, I thought my diet before carb night was so restrictive like i didn't eat gluten for like five years so when i went on carb night i was like this is great i can have cinnamon rolls again like woohoo! apple fritters are like my favorite and i guess they're alex's favorite too They're just, oh, i love
1: apple so fritters. i'm very particular though
0: that is love that love is fritters. a carb night staple for me like a lot of times mm. mm-hmm. but oh. yeah
1: same thing with me having come from very very restrictive I mean, I wasn't eating dairy. wasn't drinking ever. Excuse me, I just burped. Burped me. I'm hungry. I was a hungry burp. They're very different than full burps. <laughs> it's something for a later, a later podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next week on her body,
0: we talk about Alice, <laughs> Alex's burps. <laughs>
1: they can be really intense sometimes. It can
0: Well, you had a client that had a funny reason for not. For saying she couldn't do carb night.
1: Her her eyes got really dry.
0: Dry eyes. Dry eyes. I said, what about eye drops? That's spectacular.
1: Which is an interesting, again, a a podcast for a later day, but sort of some of the, um, this will be a fun topic. We've talked about this on the Facebook page before, but sort of some of the, the signs of either depletion or when someone might need carbs mm. um, that kind of gets more into like the fine tuning of the protocols and, and the nitty gritty stuff. Um, and also just like awareness and, and by bi- paying attention to all the biofeedback we get, but yeah. it's kind of cool as to once you've been in the process for a while, like the little ways that your body tells you mm-hmm. what it needs, when it needs it, which is kind of cool. So um, but not using those necessarily as excuses as to why you can't do something
0: right just use it as information and that information is giving you a direction to go in or Mm -hmm. you know it's just telling you more about what your body needs Mm -hmm. instead of oh I can't do this because it (laughs) makes my eyes dry that's awesome
1: (laughs) well even like when it comes to working out like I had a client um early early on who had like done Never done physical activity before, really. Um, she was actually, like, very, very petite and, and I thought very fragile at first because, like, it was like I gave her three pounds and I was like, oh, this is really heavy. Um, <laughs> but she had a thing where she couldn't – her or her wrists – again, she was just very, very frail. Um, she couldn't put any pressure on her wrists. So, like, a lot of movements – were out of the question at first at least but that was her excuse she's like oh i don't do these exercises because my wrists hurt mm. i can't do push-ups i can't do planks i can't do like even shoulder press because of the way that my wrist bends back when i do them <laughs> so she became to me and she was like okay i, I want to work out but i can't do any of these things <sighs> and i was like okay well why don't we s- strengthen your wrists she was like oh we could do that i was like yeah so I gave Great her like idea. some like just wrist stretches, all I, basically all the stuff I actually do before I prep for handstands, which is very basic stuff. It's a little tedious, but very basic. And after like a month of her doing that, she was like, I did I did a plank on my hands the other day. I never thought <laughs> I was going to be able to do that. she was a baby stepper. Yes. But she had like literally told herself that I can't ever do these things because of this. Mm-hmm. She thought that, that was a limiting factor when it wasn't. Yeah, And I think a lot of people can use those you the tiniest things as like oh I can't do that now yeah I can't do that
0: I I, usually to me that means is I'm I'm not committed to this I'm not ready I'm scared of it it's too big of a change you Mm -hmm. know yep yep so which we already talked about why change (laughs) is important so we just brought it full circle (laughs) change is good it's like it's like we're experts at podcasting That's why we're here. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Because we're pros.
1: (laughs) We've also just, I think, been through it a lot. Yeah. I mean, having, I mean, you've been in and out of competitive sports for a long time.
0: I've been teaching exercise since 1995. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a
0: long time. That's 21 years.
1: I won't say how old I was back then.
0: Yeah, please don't. But I will say that
1: at that time, I was very into gymnastics. I was like, at that point, I was literally like, I'm going to the Olympics.
0: Well, normally when I say that, people look at me and they go, how old are you? That's the best,
1: though. (laughs) It's better to do that than be like, oh, you look kind of old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or they go, oh, yeah, I totally believe you've been teaching exercise for 21 years. I was 19 when I started teaching, though. Mm -hmm. so. There you go. I was a baby.
1: There you go. But just in saying that, you know, we've we've seen and worked with a lot of clients, a huge variety of people with of all walks of life, with all sorts of, you know, I've been this way forever, I can't right. do it, or we've
0: seen it all, y'all. Yep. And that's why we're the tour guide. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why we know where the path is. Exactly. And how to just communicate.
1: The, the the needs or or let me say the needs but, sort of the the tools, yeah. Explain the tools, show you how to use them, and then and then hopefully just let you fly,
0: fly little bird, <laughs> kick you out of the nest, <laughs> let you spread your wings and fly. Isn't there a song, about that? Um, there's like a
1: Nelly Furtado song.
0: Oh, you're right.
1: I, I have no idea what how it goes right now that I'm trying to think of it, but.
0: I can, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to. She's the singer too. I'm not going to make this podcast about me. We're it's not make, about me right now. I we won't... will
1: make you sing one <laughs> time. I'm just, just going to, I'm just giving you a heads up.
0: Well, if you are following us on Instagram, maybe I will. Um, yeah, see if a I great can, idea. See if I can find that, find the chords to that song and put a clip on it I like it I like it
1: well we we're on um, we're just about out of time now so we um thank you for listening to another episode of Her Body and for those of you who've, who've listened until the end uh, after we post this episode we would love to have some comments um whether it's some you know, question that you have on something that we talked about or you're angry about something we talked about <laughs> um or if you know you yourself sort of found yourself in a cage at one point and figured out a way to get yourself out um, a way that you challenged yourself, a baby step that you took that you feel might be valuable to share with the audience. We would love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. please don't be shy.
0: Please interact with us and Mm -hmm. let us know. And you, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Shana underscore a, and then Alex is AV Navarro. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a great place to interact with us. And then um, there's also a Facebook page at body IO. Um, on facebook so come check us out yep and uh, we'll catch you guys next time thanks a lot have a great one you've been listening to her body on body iofm with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson.
1: If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io.
0: We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.